thank you so much for listening to another episode of CX Chronicles Podcast. I'm your host, Adrian Brady Chisana. Tune in each week as we listen to amazing customer-focused business leaders from across the world sharing their personal stories about their teams, tools, process, and feedback. Check us out at cxchronicles.com today or listen on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. Today's episode is brought to you by Resume Civ. Hire the best, faster. The Civ is an advanced AI-powered candidate evaluation platform that minimizes the time to find top candidates by ranking candidates based on the requirements that you provide. Why Civ? Because your time is too valuable not to Civ. Applicant tracking systems technology facilitates the sourcing of candidates, but it does not effectively address the most labor-intensive part of the hiring process, resume evaluation. Check out what the team at Resume Civ is building today at ResumeCiv.com. Hey folks, thanks so much for listening to another episode of the CX Chronicles podcast. I wanted to take a minute to call out some of the things that we're working on here at CXE today. Number one, CX scorecards. Take a minute to see how your team and your business is performing across the four CX pillars. Number two, CX boot camps. If you need somebody in your company or if you need one of your CX and CS leaders to get some additional training, coaching, and fractional CXO support, ask us about our CX boot camps. We do a full deep dive with live coaching with your team to run through all the facets of the CX and the CS land. And number three, CX accelerators. We have been privileged to work with some incredible companies across the world, helping them build their CX and CS roadmap for success as they scale their business and as they scale their team. Do not hesitate to reach out to CX Chronicles today to ask us how we can help make customer happiness a habit within your business. All right, guys, thanks so much for listening to another episode of the CX Chronicles podcast. Super excited to welcome Michael Yinger from Resume Civ. Michael, welcome to the CXC podcast, my friend. Hey, I'm happy to be here. Looking forward to the conversation. Absolutely. So, guys, Michael has a super cool um, story and background. He's done a bunch of awesome work at a number of really, really cool companies all over the place. And he's here today to talk with us about his his personal journey and some of the things that he's kind of picked up and learned along his own his own way around team tools, process, and feedback. So, Michael, why don't you start off the show as we start off all these episodes? Take a couple minutes just to set the stage for the CX Nation. Give them a sense for how you became a customer-focused business leader that you are today. And certainly tell us about how, how, how you came about uh, helping to co-found and, and build a company like ResumeSiv. Sure, absolutely. It's uh, It has been an interesting journey, as you said. I think uh, I characterize it as I'm maybe in my third or fourth career. <laughs> I, you know, I've, I've moved from uh, different industries and completely different focus and, and what I've learned along the way is, I mean, you hit on it, the, the importance of the customer and how that plays in what goes on within the organization. So, you know, I've been an individual contributor. I've, you know, I've, I've, I've helped organizations get set up. And the last 20 years, mostly I've been in the, uh, the, the talent acquisition space. And there's a whole different set of customers, right? The people that you're trying to hire that that are expecting a certain kind of experience and will go elsewhere if they're not getting the kind of experience that they think they deserve or think they should have. 
And I will tell you right now, in spite of what's going on with hiring and the size of the industries, the candidate experience is pretty terrible today. And yeah, so big there's time. so much room to make that better. They're, they're just, it, it, it's simple things that, you know, how, how do you, how do you communicate with them? How do you, you know, what, what kind of technology are you using? Anyway, uh, but, but I, I won't get too deep into that at the moment. So I've been in talent acquisition for about 20 years and in a variety of roles, uh, implementation, uh, technology management, sales, client delivery, product uh, management, uh, and, and even sourcing. And uh, my, my latest venture is I'm, I'm actually part of a team that we've uh, launched a company we call Resume Civ. And our focus is to enhance the recruiting process. So the customer, in this case for us, it's, it's the recruiter who's dealing with, you know, with difficult challenges. It, it, in some ways, there's almost too much technology for the recruiters to deal with. Yep. It, it, yep. They're, they don't, they, you know, there's not a consistent set of tools, certainly from company to company. And the, the opportunity to improve the tool set is something that, that we're focused on. We're at the very front end of the process with evaluating and ranking resumes and then we've partnered with another company that does a diagnostic around uh, human potential and so the two of those things together measuring hard skills and soft skills and so we've been around for about a year and a half i was i was um, at loose ends like a lot of people with uh, following COVID, and so i was doing some consulting the uh, folks at resume Civ called me up and said look you know we were talking to you earlier about being on our board would you like to continue the conversation i said sure get on the phone they said we, we want you to come in and help us set up the company so that's that's how i got moved to the inside and have been hands-on in um both ceo and coo roles in terms of you know just getting the mechanics of the company set up and and ensuring that we are focused on and this is so funny and it's so appropriate with with your topic focus on what the customer wants because you know we all know what the application should do we all know what what we want it to do but as i say every time what does the customer want what are the people telling us what's going to make it easier for them to work with us not the other way around i, I had a conversation with one of my my uh, compatriots yesterday we were, we were talking about a contract and i said yeah that sounds all really great for us but what about them is that really what they want? Because they're not going to agree to it if it's not. Yep. Let's make sure we're looking at this from the right direction. We need to be looking at this from a – the way I view customer, series, customer experiences, we need to be looking at ourselves from the outside, yep. not looking out from ourselves to the outside because then you, you're, you're, you're considering the wrong kind of things. Yep, 100% agree, man. I, I, I couldn't agree more. I think the other thing is just like, what a time for this, Michael. You guys picked uh, a, a hell of a time to be able to think about how you can go out and help a bunch of employers and a bunch of customers get really, really good and get really, really thoughtful with the way that they're thinking about how they're going to hire, how they're going to retain, how they're going to find incredible talent. Um, yeah. I mean, you and I were talking about this the other day, Michael, but like with uh, the, the, the great resignation upon us and yeah. we've all seen all of these different articles and all these different ridiculous stats talking about you know, this is we're in the beginning of uh, of a talent migration that the world and the global economy has never ever seen before. People are moving from um, companies uh, from company A to company B. People uh, and and especially great talent, Michael. Right, especially like cream of the crop A players out there. These folks have a bit of the uh, the upper hand as far as compensation, as far as 
whether they're going to work um, in a physical location or whether they're going to work remotely. I, I know that you and I both have friends that are, are working for huge companies sitting right at home right now, not having to go to New York City, not having to go to San Francisco, not having to go to Chicago or Miami or some of these big, huge cities where these companies are, are, are truly um, located. And it's a game changer, man. And so I think what's super cool about what you guys are building at, at Resume Civ is like, number one, people need help finding those A players. Number two, hiring is, man, hiring just keeps, keeps getting harder and harder and harder. I, yeah. I saw a report the other day, Michael, like our fast food restaurants here in America are preparing to pay people $20 an hour to flip our burgers because that's the new world that we're moving into in terms of labor shortages and just labor demand. And when you, and then when you take it to like the professional side of the world where, where, where you're talking about tech or you're talking about specific industries, same types of things are going to happen. So you guys are, what a time to, to build a company like this and what a perfect market to really kind of be a part of helping to disrupt. Yeah. It, yeah I mean, you've got, I mean, your, your, your points are right on the, I, I, I think we don't yet know what the true impact is going to be. Uh, you know, there's the, on the one hand, there's some of the tech companies that are saying, you know, we're never going to go back to that. Um, one, one of the large uh, companies here in Charlotte where I live um, is the, uh, the dollar general, uh, the family okay. dollar group. Okay. And, um, not too far from me, they had these two huge buildings. One was an office building and one was a warehouse. And of course, during COVID, they, uh, they, they basically vacant. And they recently sold one of the buildings. And it's not because the company's doing bad. The company's doing great because, you know, it, it's serving a really important totally. demographic, right? But they don't need the space anymore and they're not going to force their people to come back. I, I heard a great story about the, some of the financial companies. They're the ones, particularly in New York, they're, you know, they've got the investment of the real estate for one thing. So you have to understand about their motivation. A lot of, you know, table thumping, you're going to come back or we're not going to pay you. And if you move, we're going to pay you where you live. And a lot of these A players, people coming out of the top drawer schools, they've been sitting at home doing their job, being productive yep. in their jammies. <laughs> yep. yep. And they don't want to go back. And Michael, that's what you, they're saying. They're saying, these go ahead. These companies somebody else hire me. checks just to make sure that people aren't wearing their basketball shorts. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. oh, you know, these, these people are saying, hey, I'll go somewhere else. So it's, see, it's, it, that's. There's the, the, the experience, the X in, in, in your title is so critical because it all depends on the perspective you're looking at. You know, the, the, uh, one of, the, one of the, um, the pundits in the HR tech space, a guy named Joss Burson, um, said something the other day on, um, uh, on LinkedIn that employee experience is as important as customer experience. And my perspective is that employee experience is more important than customer experience because employee experience drives customer experience. Yep. If you've got a terrible customer ex employee experience, you are going to have a heck of a time creating a good customer experience. It's just onboarded or what it takes to get paid or what insurance you're offering. That's uh, you know, that's a, it's a tough hill to climb to, to then have those people put on a happy face when they're interacting with your customers. Completely, completely agree. I, I think, you know, one of the things that I always ask people on the show, Michael, is just around like, you know, if you had to, if you had to call out what the most important of the four CX pillars is of team tools, process and feedback, which one would it be? 99% of the time people say it's team, Adrian. If you, oh, if you yeah. don't have yeah, an incredible team, you're not going to have 
the best toolkit. If you don't have a great team, you're not going to have really smart people coming up with awesome processes, great playbooks, all of these working orders for how to do our roles and our jobs and our day-to-day stuff really well. And then lastly, if you don't have a great team, you're not going to be thinking really, really strategically about how to collect feedback, how to use feedback, how to act on feedback, and how to constantly push the business into a into a more positive direction by by, by, by using that fuel, right? So completely, completely agree. Um, Michael, I'd love to jump into the first CX pillar of team. Why don't you spend a couple of minutes talking about the team uh, that, 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 that you're building over there, sir? Yeah, so it's uh, we have been very deliberate as we've we've added people. I mean, part of that, you know, just not everybody's up to working on a startup. There's no question, and so you you, you have to find people that are maybe not necessarily passionate from an experience set about what what you know our our technology, but certainly passionate about the idea of building something and you know creating that customer interaction, and so. Um, what our, our approach has been to as much as possible, hire generalists, okay. even if they're in a specific role, because now is the time when everybody's kind of doing everything. I mean, you know, on, on any given day, I'm paying bills or I'm talking to investors or I'm writing copy for, uh, an ad post, uh, or I'm doing a demo of the software. You just, you don't know where you're going to be applying yourself. And so that's been the approach for us is to build a team where, where people can be multifaceted. Uh, like a lot of companies, we're, we're, we're using external resources. And so all our tech we have outsourced, but we, we treat them as we're all part of a team. They come to, to company meetings. Um, you know, we, uh, you know, celebrate their holidays with them and, uh, you know, you know, you try to make sure that that every once in a while the calls are are, are bad for us, not bad for them, because they're sitting in India, <laughs> you know, time wise. Yeah, yeah, you know, just yeah. little things like that, little things that uh, just to because we want them to feel like they're part of the success, that they're not just you know punching code, that they're they're part of something as we go forward. And so it it's it's an interesting challenge to do that with sort of minimal resources, right? And that's what we have. We're a small company and, and mo- most of our dollars are going towards actually building the technology. Um, and so, you know, you do it through the interaction piece and that's, that's the, uh, that's the fun part, actually. It's uh, allowing you to, to create that sort of um, camaraderie and uh, belongingness. Absolutely. Yep. I think um, a couple, couple quick points. Um, Michael, number one, work is funny, right? Most of us spend more time with our coworkers and with the people that we're building our business or building our our team or running run, running our day to day operation with than our families and our best friends. That's 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 unfortunately the truth of the matter, right? That's that's what work is about. So 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 you have to think about how you're sort of optimizing for some of that time, right? If you're going to spend the, the majority of your time at work or with your team, make it fun, make it, make it interesting, make it collaborative, make it, um, make it so that like you, you do have some fun with it. I know everyone's got different appetites for this, but for me, I mean, I, I couldn't agree more. It's super, super important to have that type of bonding or that type of time where you can actually just like be humans, right? Be humans. Yeah. That's the first part. Yeah. Second part that I really, I, I love that you brought up that I, I want to kind of dive into a little bit further is, you just brought up another part of team building that I think, again, COVID has changed forever. And that's the idea of we have more and more guests uh, coming on the show talking about some of the the fractional extension pieces of, the te- of their team that they're building, meaning yeah. uh, so, some folks are outsourcing, some folks are u- leveraging 
the power of consultants or the power of fractional teammates more than ever before. I've, I've, I've talked with uh, just a few people this week who it's becoming more and more common for, for a, going back to the A players. A lot of A players have two, three, four jobs right now. And yeah, they're basically, sure. uh, there was an article I read recently that kind of explained, it's almost like the emergence of this world of uh, campaign-based work. So for folks that have the firepower and they've got the drive and they got the, they're ready to rock and roll, you can almost be strategic about which company you help serve specific deliverables. Maybe it's for a quarter, maybe it's for six months. There's tons of contract work out there right now. And I think it's interesting because like there's benefits to both the employer and the employee in this situation, right? This is this is going to be another part of uh, team building and team scaling that I think is going to be really, really interesting um, to watch as we as as we move into the future. Yeah, the, the, uh, the, the great points on on both the team building and the team scaling. The, you, you understand the scaling part. The, you know that this you're you're using fractional or or just in time resources so that you don't have people sitting around or you know um, you can get the right resource for the for the need. The team building is the interesting part. How do you how do you bring those people in? And so you you know in addition to our tech, uh, you know of course we have we've outsourced our um, accounting, okay. and you know that's that's literally one to two hours a month is all they're yeah. spending with us. Yeah. And come to the meetings, you know, uh, you know, be part of any sort of celebration that we're doing, because. Um, you never know when, you know, in that one to two hours a month, that that uh, that person who's who's handling that stuff for us could say, hey, what about this? Yeah. You know, yeah. it's it's a it is an interesting challenge. Um, and, and then then you add to it. Uh, we are we are a child of covid, meaning my company. We have never met face to face. Yep. I know one of the people that I'm working with um, from a previous job, literally 20 years ago. And all the rest of it's it's been nothing but phone, Zoom. We have never been face to face, and at some point we will travel and we will get together, but we haven't yet. That's and wild. you know it's been 18 months, 18 months of working together, and and uh, you know it's it's commenting on the background that somebody puts up on their Zoom and noticing when you know that one of one of our founders, Mohan, um, he's a he's a uh, a uh, really great guy, technologist um, uh, by trade, and has lived all over the world. And sometimes he will have on the brightest colored shirt, uh, like orange, and I have to ask him, where's the battery? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where's that power source coming from? Because <laughs> I don't know how you get that shirt that bright. <laughs> I, I, I love it. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's funny, though, Mike. I think that you're right. This is the new norm, or, or, or in many cases, this will be the new norm. Um, the other piece that's interesting, too, though, is just like, so many companies and so many contributors inside of companies across the world are now, and from huge companies to medium-sized companies to SMBs, we're all feeling that. Whether it's yeah. working, like I know for, for for me at CXC, like it's been 18 months of every one of our new accounts and every one of our customers and every one of the incredible startup companies that we're working for, we haven't met in person. It's been completely yeah. based on Zoom. Um, I think yeah. the other piece too is, um, similar to resume Civ, CXC had a benefit of COVID as well, which was prior to COVID. Typically, when we would get a, a customer excited or, 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 or interested in engaging, typically your boy Adrian was getting on an airplane and flying to wherever they were and doing the song, meeting the team in person, doing the doing the walk of the floor wherever that team was, right? And just kind of understanding like the physical sense and the physical beat and the drum beat of the company and kind of what was happening. And then oftentimes it was still minimally once a month or 
every other month, me or the team would have to be there in the flesh, right? Doing some of the work, doing some of the journey yeah. mapping, sitting inside of a conference room and getting people excited about CX and CS. Now it's all here, man. It's all here. It's all on Zoom calls. Most of them are remote working sessions. Obviously, we've completely changed the way that we think about asynchronous work or asynchronous deliverables, where most of the project work that we're doing now, we share it with Michael that day. Michael and his team can start contributing or adding on to the project. It, this is just a new way. This is just the new it way we're going to be doing it. I think for, for some of our listeners, I know that many of you are already thinking about this stuff, but like every day when you're thinking about optimizing customer experience, employee experience, customer success, think about some of these things because these aren't these aren't going away, guys. Right? And at the very least, you need to be thinking about building almost like this hybrid model of all of these hybrid meetings, hybrid deliverables, hybrid project work, hybrid customer interactions, right? Because the reality is we're probably going to be doing a little bit of both of this moving forward, which is which is a super interesting time to to be uh, on this wonderful planet of ours. Yeah, it's, uh, we're, we're going to be doing it for quite some time. I think that it's, you know, we're not completely past COVID, you know, depending on where you are. And, and you know, there's the um, Costa Rica just announced you can't come to Costa Rica if you're not vaccinated. So, you know, there are those kinds of things that, you know, it it, it, it and the other thing is just on a very personal level, I, it, it took me a while because in my previous job, I was I was literally I was traveling every week, sometimes twice a week. It took me about six weeks of you know being involved with resume Civ and all the meetings and the coordinating we were hiring a technology company we were hiring attorneys we were hiring a um, a cfo and a cto all the, the kind of things we were doing i had in my day and so what that's translated to is um you know having dinner with the family every night where you know of course if i wasn't in town i wasn't having dinner with them and even then it was you know Catch as catch can. So it's it. it I, I think this is what the what the, the workers are are reacting to. This is why you see the the great resignation as people are put in a perspective. It's not it's not that people don't want to work. Yep. It's that people want to work on their own terms, and those terms have been redefined. Totally. And you know it's it's. Uh, um, is it it you know is is it going to go back to i i wonder is it going to go back to it, you, you you don't see it uh, you don't see signs of it yet it's you know they're still running 25 30% occupancy in new york city yep and i'm yep. just telling you <laughs> yep i i totally agree man i think that there's going to be specific industries specific businesses and specific um use cases where yeah sure there might be that physical demand i mean we all have frontline friends and family who are, who are who've been working this entire pandemic right people that are in hospitals people that are on the front lines of uh ems staff people that are actually keeping the keeping some of our our, our mail moving right some of our friends that are working in ups and fedex and and amazon like every single day they've been working but i think that you just nailed it michael where for a whole other tranche of 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 workers we can do a better job by working in a remote fashion we are yeah. happy to be hybrid or flexible when we need to i.e if it's once a month you need to go in to the office to do an on-site and have a really awesome collaborative you know insightful engaging type of conversation with the team where you're going to be really strategic about the time usage great awesome that sounds fun it gives all of us a little bit of break and it gets us out of our remote offices but i think that the there's too many too many executives that i've talked with on this show over the last year where their businesses are performing more more uh, financially down than they ever have before. Their ENPS exactly. or their employee net promoter scores are way up. Um, their their profits and their sales are at historic level. You're not going to change that stuff. You're just not going to change no. that stuff just to go back to a thing that 
we were all doing. If anything, many people talk about this. This pushed us ahead. This pushed us ahead about 10 years. It, 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 it probably shouldn't have happened this quick. And probably we should be having this conversation somewhere in the 2030s. But this is where we're at right now. So, yeah. Michael, I'd love to I'd love to give you a couple minutes to talk about tools. I'm super interested in understanding what are some of the, the ways that you and the team at ResumeSiv have thought about building out your toolkit and definitely spend some time talking a little bit about, about your tool and, and, and how you're helping some of your customers with finding incredible applicants and understanding exactly who some of these right matches might be. Sure. Uh, thanks. They're, they're, in, in, terms of, in terms of tools, it, it, what, what we look at and what we have been about from the very beginning is our customer is the recruiter, the person doing the work. And our intention is for them to be more productive, meaning that, that we take away the drudgery so that they can focus on the parts of their job that can't be automated, talking to candidates, talking to hiring managers, those kinds of things, uh, networking as, as, as appropriate. So that the, the, the tool set that we've created, it, the, tool that, the first tool that we've created, it, it's very simple to operate. There are just a few screens, there, you know, the, the, what you can do and, and how you can do it, it, it the intention was to make the, the interface as simple and as easy to use as possible to enhance that user experience. What we've been doing lately is taking that one step further where part of, so we rank and evaluate resumes. Well, the resumes have to get into the system somehow. And in our first iteration, you loaded the resumes into the system. And people are saying, well, I've already got my resumes over here, over there. It, can, you audit, can you connect to my system? So that's what we've been focusing on in the last uh, several months. We now have connections with, with a number of different systems through APIs so that we're pulling that data in. Again, it's just, it's just one more piece of work that we're taking off the plate of the people who are really the ones who are at the front line you know, creating a tool set that makes it easier for them to do their jobs. I mean, it's simple things like, you know, if you're as you're as you're looking through resumes, you know, maybe you want to think, well, how long has this person been working, or how long is their average? You know, how long do they stay? Are they a job hopper? We've we've got those things calculated. Where do they go to school? We've got that pulled out. All these things just to make it easier for the recruiter to make a an informed judgment, which is of course what recruiters are doing. Yep. You, you know, we're ranking people on skills. We're not ranking them on you know have they worked at the right place. You know, I, you know, you know, different companies may be appropriate from an experience set. Somebody's still going to have to look at, you know, have, I'm hiring for the for the airline industry, and you've been working in pharmaceuticals your whole career. Is is that going to work? It might. It yep. might. Don't get yep. me wrong. The transferable yep. skills. And if you're looking for somebody who knows how to sell, you know, seats on an airplane, is that the same thing as you know having been in pharmaceuticals? You know, it's it's. So there is always going to be that judgment that that's going to come into it. Have you, you do you have the right level of experience? But it's again, our focus is making it easier, and making it easier means people are more productive. And and then you then you add to that the the company that we partnered with, which is uh, ThinkX. They're looking at the human potential indicators. Human potential indicators really can tell you is somebody in the right job, because maybe this job require has a pretty high stress level, but the person internally doesn't deal with stress well. Are they going to stay very long? Yep. Um, you know, or 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 the other way around that you know you're you're interviewing high potential you know people who've you know a lot of a lot of get get and go, 
And the job is putting the chocks on the wheels of the airplane. Right. There's not a lot of, you know, it's, it, you got to be willing to sit around in the heat if you're in Phoenix and the cold, yep. if you're in Minneapolis and the rain, if you're in Florida, waiting to put the chocks under the wheels of the airplane. Yep. And so, you know, do you really want to hire somebody who's a real go-getter in terms of customer success and, and customer support? No, because they're not going to be happy. They're not going to stay. And so they're, they're, there are a lot of different ways to begin to look at the people that you're hiring, even before you talk to them. The, you know, the, the, some of these tools are getting much more sophisticated in terms of how much time it takes to, to get a really good understanding of, of people. The idea is, are, you know, are you, are you focusing on what is it that you need? so that you're hiring for what you need, as opposed to, uh, you know, all too often hiring is just, you know, the first, sometimes it's the first warm body that comes along, or I, I had, had, was talking to somebody the other day, a great example um, of, of how unconscious bias can work, and I'm not going to shift this into a conversation about um, DE&I, and, and what he was saying was, you know, uh, we, we start the conversation, and we, both, we start chit-chatting, and turns out we both like the Yankees. Okay. And we spent we spent half an hour talking about the Yankees. The interview's over. That was a great guy. I'm going to hire him. Well, all you know about him is he likes the Yankees. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, isn't that enough? Isn't that enough? Yeah. Well, okay. See, the, sounds uh, like it's yeah, a winner yeah, to me, yeah, Michael. Yeah, 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 yeah. It is. <laughs> You're talking to a Yankees fan right now, man. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. It's, it's. I I hear you. But that's that's all these things that that. You know, people don't want to hire the wrong people because hiring the wrong people is expensive. Totally. It's disruptive of the organization. Yep. People yep. want to hire the right people. It's just they're not often sure what the right person is or how to find that person. And that's where tools like ours come in. You know, you know, in in you know, six, uh, a year ago, to say that you had 50 resumes, people would laugh at you and say, "I've got 500 resumes." Well. Uh, even just going through 50 resumes, by the time you get to the 10, are you still comparing them? Are you still looking for the same things? Because the resumes are all different. Totally. You know, people, they're formatted differently. People with their experience, their education puts it in different places. I, I was looking at one the other day and the education was in a column off to the right. Huh. Okay. So, you know, it makes it hard to, to skim and scan and qual- qualitatively and quantitatively how we review the candidates before we even talk to them it needs a lot of work. And that's, that's what we're focused on right now. I love it. I, th- I think the first thing it makes me think about is just the parallels between, cause obviously on this show, Michael, we spent a ton of time talking about customer journeys and customer onboarding and customer qualification. You, it's the same thing on the employee side here that we're talking about, meaning your ability or a company's ability to do a phenomenal job of essentially qualifying, vetting, segmenting let's call it what it is too because that's the other thing you're gonna it's very easy let's use your 500 resume pile example it's pretty darn easy to figure out okay there's probably gonna be 10 percent of those 500 50 of those resumes probably get slid into that a player camp of like hey these people are like they're badass we want to talk to them we want to figure out if they want to come work with our team maybe you have another 25 percent that's kind of in that b where maybe it's a possibility or maybe comp is going to end up forcing you to have to kind of think in that in that camp and then you're gonna have the other 50 percent of them where you probably see right off the bat on the first skin or the first scam, not for us, you know, yep. push it over here to the DQ pile. But what, what, what my, my, my point is long-winded way of saying here for our listeners, if you're not thinking of, especially when you're building these CX teams, these CS teams, these inside sales teams, these customer facing roles, right? We got, you, you got to have people that are dealing with your customers every single day. 
take some time to think about it the same way that some of your friends in sales are building their pipelines and their funnels. Think yeah. about what type of exactly qualification right. efforts you have. Think about how you're going to DQ people. To your point, Michael, I think about every touch point. So every email, maybe every phone call, every text message, a lot of people text with their applicants these days. Those are the same types of touch points that you need to be thinking about mastering on the on the CX side, right? On the customer side, right. it's the same Absolutely thing for right. the employee. So take a minute with your team this, this week, just to even make sure that your, 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 your hiring process or your hiring journey or your employee journey is sound because it's a really easy way of just understanding where you're killing it, where you're probably could stand to do a little bit better and where you might actually need some expertise or some, some additional outside support to come in and help kind of give you a better, better lens on what it looks like. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it, it's a, it's a, it's an evolving process and you got to be prepared to do that work. You know, you, it's not fix it once and it's fixed forever. Big time. Because, you know, people are changing. Um, Michael, I'd love to pick your brain. Um, one or two minutes. Have there been, have there been any quick wins or, or, or just like er, early gains that you and the team at Resume Civ have seen? When it comes to process, are there a couple of things that you guys have been doing really well out of the gates over the last year and a half as you're building and scaling the business and the team that you've really kind of thought, have have kind of pinned towards, you know, focusing on process or, or, or keeping your team kind of focused on the process side of things? Yeah, uh, I, I realized um, once, once we got beyond um, just a couple of people, just keeping track of all the action items that we we're working on. And, and and creating visibility to those action items across the team was getting to be difficult. So we went out and looked at some different ways that you can do to you can use to track action items. And we ended up going with a, a tool called Monday.com. Okay, sure, absolutely. Yeah, which uh, I'm, I'm I'm a big proponent of it, uh, just because I, I I found it works for me. I use it in my personal life to keep track of all the things that I that I have to do. And so that was that was a big thing for us was. You know, it isn't that I need to know everything that everybody's doing, except that we need to have a common place for all of us if you wanted to see or you wanted to be part of the conversation. And so that's what we we, um, we use money.com for. You know, initially we did what, you know, everybody does. We created task lists in Excel. And I just, you know, and then we, well, let's, let's put it in G Suite. We'll use Google and, uh, the, you know, out of sight, out of mind. You know the, the the beauty of 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 that of that kind of a productivity tool is is it, it can remind you that things need to be done. It can automate processes, and so uh, for, for us it was to take the if you will the drudgery out of just keeping track of all the things we were doing because at any any given time we're working on eight, ten, twelve things, and you know it's a team of half a dozen, yep. which means that you know you're working on more than one of those eight, ten, twelve things at any given time. Yep. It's uh, you know pay pay some attention to the infrastructure. the The other thing that 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 we learned early on was you can waste a lot of time just building an organization. And but what I mean by that is that, you know everybody's everybody has worked for a company at one time or another um, before we talk to them certainly, and they all have a vision of what a company looks like. And in the early days, do you really need all that infrastructure? You know, do you need to have departments and titles and, you know, procedures? Now, you know, you, you, as you start to repeat things, you want to write them down so that you don't have to repeat them. So one of the things we did early on was with, with Monday.com, we created an onboarding template. 
you, okay. you talked about companies onboarding. And it was really, it was mostly, you know, what are the 10 or 12 different systems that people have to have access to and do this and that and the other thing. Just, you know, it's a simple checklist, but, you know, once, once we've done it once, why, why not write it down so you don't have to do it a second time? So just a little bit of fundamental organization. And then the shape of the organization will, will sort itself out over time. Um, so you can, you can get lost in that. And we've, we've tried not to get lost in, in just the exercise of, of organization building, which doesn't necessarily have anything to do with meeting customer needs and therefore driving revenue. It's a, it's a great point. I, I know a lot of folks uh, talk about early on in the company's life cycle, remaining agile, remaining flexible, remaining yeah. non-rigid is one of your biggest competitive advantages. Totally understand that. Love your point though about once you start repeating things, once you start seeing the same things again and again and again, makes it a little bit easier to start drawing up some playbooks on that, drawing up some step-by-steps, making sure that that consistency baked into the day-to-day. Um, very, very much agree. Um, Michael, I'd love to, I'd love to pick your brain on the, on the fourth and final CX pillar of feedback. What have been some ways that you and the team at Resume Civ have really kind of leveraged, not, not only collected some feedback, but how have you guys been acting on some of the customer feedback that you get around the, the, the feedback that you're getting for the tools usage, ideas around how to make the tool better? Talk about feedback for a few minutes. Yeah, sure. And so for software company, feedback is critical. And the, our, our philosophy is if a customer isn't asking for it, why are we building it? Now, you know, sometimes you got some, some infrastructure things, security, some other things. So, you know, that's, they don't, we don't want to carry that point too far. In terms of features and function, if it's not working for the customers, why are we building it? So, for example, um, we a, lo- a lot of the input that we were getting from our from our beta testers, from the, the you know the, the people who were trying a free trial, and the people we were talking to in the sales process is you need to be integrated to the applicant tracking system to be able to, to to ease our journey. I talked about that earlier, and so we have shifted our development and we've put on hold some of these. Well, you know we we're going to get the system to do this and that. No, because. Nobody's really asking for this, that over there. What they're asking for is, I want you to be integrated. And then once you're integrated, then we can start talking about what are some of the other features that, that need to be added. And so it, the, 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 we gather the feedback like a lot of people, you know, fairly traditional, right? Would Surveys or, you know, we'll reach out via email, that kind of thing. So fairly traditional process of gathering it. And even though we don't have a formal product management organization, we do have a product management committee and we meet weekly and we talk about what's the input that we've been getting, you know, what do we need to work on for a particular customer? And is that something that is for just for that customer? You want to think about it? Or is it something that, that is, is going to work for other customers, in which case it, it might be something that, that we would consider? And then prioritizing that work. And so, um, you know, our, our long-term objective, we haven't gotten anywhere near this. We, we work in an agile environment. Our development works on a two-week sprint cycle for those who understand agile development. And today we're about one week ahead, meaning we're nice. writing stories now for the sprint that starts next Wednesday. Okay. That's as far ahead as we are. Now, ideally, we'd like to be three to four sprints ahead, meaning we would be writing stories now that are going to be developed in, in seven or eight weeks. But the reality is things change too quickly, yep. right? It's For us still, things are changing too quickly. It, it isn't that we don't know what we'd like to do. It's just... We, you know, we, that's what we have our, our product management meeting. And one of the, one of the agenda items is to say, are we still comfortable with what we're planning for the next sprint? And if not, you know, what, what are we changing it to? We had that kind of a conversation on Tuesday. 
what should we be developing in the next sprint? Should we be continuing with this particular integration or should we be working on these features which are necessary to, to be able to run a pilot for this customer? And that's what we chose. We changed direction. We actually are going to put something on hold and bring something else to the front of the list to move forward. So you got to be careful not to overreact. I get that. Otherwise, yep. you're you know you're you're all over the place. You know, I I was in uh, I was in shipping. I actually l drove ships for a while early in my career, and so I, I understand the idea of you know if you do this too much, what you end up doing is zigzagging across the ocean, right? And small yeah, companies right. are the same way, right? right? Uh, my my chairman um, described it for me one day. His the way he looked at at the CEO job. You're driving a train you're building the railroad at the same time that you're driving the train. And so you have to be paying attention to where the, the tracks go because once you built the tracks, it's hard to move the train. Totally. Yep. It's hard to move the train. And so it's, it's, you know, just be aware of those kinds of things. And that's what we are. We, you know, we, we, we try not to, to move back and forth too much, you know, particularly the, you know, the, the developers will tell you, even in an agile environment, once they've started down developing something, a module or a connection or something, you're better off finishing it than you are parking it and having them come back to the work because there's so much, there's a, it's a creative process, right? Yep. Still. Yep. And stopping in the middle of this and then picking up something else and then coming back to this, there's, there's some loss. You'd, you'd, yep. had, you'd have to do some things over again. So all those things we take into account is we're getting the feedback that we're getting when we're talking to customers. I love it. I think that's awesome. Michael. I think, um, just a couple of, of, of quick follow-up points for all of our listeners to be thinking about constantly. Number one, what's the point of getting the feedback if you're not going to act on it? So, so, so collection is one piece, assessment's another piece, but action is definitely the most critical part, right? Like take some action. That's one thing that you're immediately making me think about. The other piece is the connectivity product. Uh, Michael, you, I, I know we were chatting about this the other day, but like I'm constantly blown away by how many businesses who have fully mature CX and CS teams, fully mature product and technology teams. And for some reason, uh, product is almost left out of the, of the incredible feedback that's getting collected. It's like, so wait a minute, you have the people that are going to build the train and build the train tracks and help to drive the damn thing. And they're not seeing any of this information or hearing some of this color or being a part of how to understand it better so that they can build, um, you know, for a, a brighter tomorrow. And I think that that's crazy. I think the other big camp, it's sales and marketing, man. Like I'm constantly blown away by how many times these incredible companies aren't taking a minute to make sure that marketing and sales is also completely aware of what the feedback is, what we need to do better, what we need to focus less on, maybe where we, yeah. maybe where we um, set improper expectations and then that create, created downstream consternation, right? For our customers. So I, I love it, man. There's a ton of great ideas that you're that you've thrown out here for us to be to be thinking about and to bring, be bringing back to our own teams and our own businesses. Uh, Michael, before we wrap up the show, my friend, um, where can people find out more about you, sir? And where can people find out sure. more about ResumeSiv? I'm pretty easy to get a hold of. Michael Yinger is how you're going to find me on LinkedIn or Twitter or Facebook. Our website is uh, resumesiv.com, just like it sounds, resumesiv.com, -E and we're also on LinkedIn and, and uh, Twitter and Facebook. Easy to, easy to find, happy to have a conversation. You can reach me directly, michael at resumesiv.com. 
Love it. Well, Michael, it's been our absolute pleasure having you on the show. Uh, best of luck to you and the team, sir. And I look forward to keeping, uh, keeping our relationship and conversation moving forward in the future, my friend. Thank you for the time, Adrian. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks, Michael. Thank you for listening to another episode of the CX Chronicles podcast. We're thrilled to have you as a part of the CX Nation, tuning into customer-focused business leaders from across the world. Be sure to check out the CXC website, and as always, find us on any of your favorite podcast players, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and more. Thanks so much for making this show a reality and being a part of the CX Nation. And as always, folks, remember to make happiness a habit.